to the Cheese Bros Podcast. My name is Andrew. I'm here with Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan, who is in the uh, one seed for the AFC playoffs? Uh, that would be the Kansas City Chiefs, Andrew. Oh, as, as we all expected. Mm. As we all knew. Unless well you're a member of the national sports media. Yes. In which case, you had the Chiefs finishing a distant third in the AFC West. Yep. Which was going to be the best division in football. Yeah, boy, there's, Top to bottom. there's almost no offseason take that looks as bad as the take about the AFC West. Uh, this division, outside of the Chiefs, is pretty darn bad. And outside of maybe the Chargers and the Chiefs, garbage. Boy, it's... If you just took a collection of three teams in a division, this might be... That might be some of the worst, honestly. Yeah. It's right down there with anyone else. They're pretty bad. Outside of the AFC South, maybe. Or NFC South, rather. Yeah, actually, both of the South divisions are pretty terrible, aren't they? It's actually weird this year how um, you basically got. I'm sorry, we're getting a little bit too into our around the. No, no, go ahead. You got some some league mirroring here. And I don't what this don't know what this means. This is just mm-hmm. facts, but some the, interconference uh, congruence. Yeah, the, the AFC South and the NFC South. Terrible. Both suck. Terrible. Uh, the NFC North and the AFC North. I don't really have any rhyme or reason there. Mixed bag. So I'm uh, the a- right. NFC East and the AFC East yeah. are both really top heavy. Or sorry, really, really good. Like sacked. Like there are three good teams yep. in each division. The AFC East is, or the uh, East, rather, just the East Coast is where, that's yeah. where the good football is right now. And then on the West Coast, I think you basically got. A lot of disappointing teams. You've got the teams that are going to win and you've got kind of everyone else who's there. Like it's yeah. going to be the, the Niners and the Chiefs win those divisions. Yep. I agree. I can, uh, actually, no, sorry, uh, Seahawks, maybe. They're actually, they're weirdly one of those teams. Uh, anyways. I, I'm, okay, yeah. We, anyway, talked, we, talked, we talked about that. Yeah, this is a cheese podcast. That's where we will start. We will get into some of that fun goofiness later on. Um, what did you think about this game, Andrew? Especially from, like, say, about the third quarter on. Any any memories of that? Um, <laughs> I I... Partook in one of the most blissful experiences uh, known to man, which is a Sunday afternoon football nap. Yes, uh, and that was that was really a reflection of one. I was very sleep deprived, and two, I um, I had that much faith in the Chiefs to pull out the win over the Jags. I'm like, oh, we're up by three scores. Time for a nap. You know, sometimes there are games that are not close that feel like they're close. And then sometimes there are games that, by the scoreboard or you know within reach, but never really feel like they're in doubt. Yeah, this this was one of the later ones where the the Jags were like you know mathematically you know still in the game for right up until the very end, really. But it didn't really feel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, it just it felt like the Chiefs were dominating, even though they had some some slip ups along the way. I think the most telling thing to me is they start off the game with an onside kick, which was weird, um, but it worked. It's pretty desperate behavior. And then they got two turnovers. So it was really they stole three possessions and were down 20-7 to at half. The Jags were. So I think that basically told you everything you need to know about these two teams, where one team can get a lot of breaks go their way, and they were still getting smashed. Yeah, um... I think this is it just reflected how these teams are just in completely different classes. Oh yeah, completely. Like the Jaguars are still one of the worst teams in the league, have one of the worst rosters in the league, and the Chiefs still the Chiefs. Yeah, 
I, I never know who the, who the Chiefs are going to blow out, though. And I, I, it's not as consistent as this team is really bad, the Chiefs will blow them out, or this team is really good, the Chiefs will play them closely. It's like, I was just looking at the schedule. I mean, we beat the Jaguars by 10 points. Uh, we beat the Niners, who might be one of the better teams in the NFC, by 21 points. Handle Yeah. We beat the Bill or the Bucks by 10 points. And actually, it wasn't even that close. Then we lost to the Colts. It's just, it's really kind of strange and inconsistent. It's like the Chiefs are good, but the level of play week to week is erratic. The greatest indicator seems to be how much can the team give up for the game. Yeah, that's true. Which, on the one hand, is not ideal. You'd rather them just, you know, get up for every game, although that's not really how the NFL works. Yeah, I just think when you're a professional and you're playing 17 games now, and you know that, you know, if you do it right, you'll have more. It's just really hard to get full maximum effort every week. Yeah. It feels like we're kind of back to where, not necessarily a bad sense, but the kind of the 2020 and 2021 at points Chiefs, where they're always doing just enough to win. Um, but I'm, I'm really not, I didn't come away from Sunday's game disappointed with the Chiefs or unhappy with their performance or anything because mm-hmm. I really, I thought they played pretty well. It was just a few, kind of a few individual mental errors that most related to those turnovers uh, that made this game anything other than a complete blowout because really they played very, very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Defense and offense for most of the game. I really think like the difference between this Chiefs team and maybe like the last two years is that you know, this team doesn't really have major holes. And if they did, they probably would have dropped either of the Titans or the Jaguars game. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I think you saw that in previous years where they couldn't get up for the game, started to get the other team's best effort, and you know couldn't really turn it around mid-game the way they can now. Yeah. I think we can do that. Um, but I don't know. I'm just – I'm not concerned. This was a bad team. We beat them. It was not as close as 10 points if you actually watched the game. Mm-hmm. We easily could have kicked that field goal at the end, or just, you know, if one of those four turnovers, the turnover margin was zero and four against the Chiefs. Can you believe that? I actually can't. That's and insane. we beat them a handle. So yeah. I just, I, I'm not concerned. It, it was a dominant performance. And I thought contained uh, some glimpses of things to be very excited about. Like what? Okay, my number one thing, it's probably will come as no surprise. This was, I don't want to call it like the, coming out party or whatever, mm-hmm. but Kadarius Tony, he's going to be a thing. Yes. He is going to be a significant part of this offense going forward. Yes. And I think we saw that this week. Uh, we saw just, you know, a flash or two last week. This week it felt like he didn't he didn't play like even a majority of the snaps, but a lot of snaps that he was out there for, he was involved. Yeah. And made some big plays for us. Yeah, it was huge. Um, looked really good. Looked like a player that Chiefs didn't have on the roster before. Yeah. And I guess you could say haven't since Tyreek Illustrated. You you saw that kind of first round talent that got him picked where he did, and it just it feels like everything that we wanted out of that trader is coming to fruition. Mm-hmm. Especially in that he's not a guy that needs to get like ten plus targets per game, uh, because we didn't you didn't have like a hole in that in this offense for somebody like that, right? Um, you just wanted a guy that will get a couple of touches. Two, three, four, five a game and make a nice play out of him. And that's what he is. I think mm-hmm. he's, he's kind of a big play guy and a supercharged gadget player, if you will. Yeah. 
But even saying that, I mean, he had a tremendous, like, outright receiver play. Uh, that catch where he, like, jumped up and high-pointed the ball and came down with it. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah, I personally really enjoyed his uh, one-legged jump into the end zone. Yes, that was also very funny. I, kind of, like, I still can't really tell if that was because he was legitimately falling out of bounds or if he just wanted to stunt on everyone. It was one of those where, like, you're not sure if he's, like, celebrating or pulled a hammy, you know? I think he was telling the New York Giants, oh, look, my hamstring is it's just fine. <laughs> look, I have one hamstring, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I, only, I only needed one this whole time. I just didn't like you guys. Apparently so. Yeah. I don't know what went down with him in uh, New York, but clearly he's a better player than what he showed there. Mm. I think we're seeing that already. Maybe the guy was just injured a lot. I think he was. Um, and his he's kind of got the body type that is prone to more injury, a lot of fast twitch muscle and stuff yep. like that. Um, but boy, I'm just, I'm really excited. Uh that he's getting disinvolved this early is a really positive sign to me. And I think he's only going to get more involved as we go along. Yeah, I completely agree. It feels like you're supposed to have like a, a, a steep learning curve for receivers in the Andrew Reid offense, but maybe it's just like they recognize how talented he is and he's getting all of their, like the, the design plays um, specifically for him. That definitely seemed like the case last week and this week, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd say if there was a low point in this game, uh, the shot that Juju took to the head was concerning, and obviously he ended up getting a concussion. Uh, there was no surprise there if you saw the play and saw his reaction to it. Um, I, you know, we were watching the game together. You could probably tell I was completely baffled by the decision to pull up the flag there. Yeah, that didn't make any sense to. to I anyone, mean, I don't think. so not throw the flag is one thing, but to, to throw the flag, see the result of the play, the guy's clearly concussed. And it was like the kind of play that that's why you make that rule, you know? So stuff like that doesn't happen. And I mean, I just, um, what did they see that was like, oh, okay, let's pull that flag? I don't know. All the language is so ambiguous now that like you can focus on one part of the rule that's slightly contradictory to the other. Where it's like, oh, that wasn't, uh, that wasn't uh, unnecessary roughness because he led with the shoulder. It's like, it was the, was the, Receiver defenseless? Well, yes. So it feels like that was a hit on defensive receiver. Yeah, but he led with his shoulder. Okay, well, he hit him in the helmet. So it was on with the helmet. Yes. <laughs> it's kind of like the, you know, the, this is a, the worst verbal meme, but like the Patrick Star meme with like mm-hmm. Manta Ray or whatever. Therefore, there like, should be a penalty. Yeah, right? <laughs> therefore. Nope. <laughs> um, <your> wallet. <laughs> no. It just. I don't know. I'm so tired of ref ball. I, I, I'm just tired of thinking about the referees. Yeah. I feel like every week there's a reason to think about the referees. Yeah. I don't want to complain about them too much, but yeah, so, so many of those rules just seem very Byzantine sometimes where they just seem a bit arbitrary. You never quite know what you're going to get. The good news is I think he's okay. Um, I believe I saw on Twitter today uh, Instagram post. This is like such a mm-hmm. modern day thing, but I saw on Twitter an Instagram post from his girlfriend saying he was going to be A-OK. Well, so that's our medical doc- diagnosis. Dr. Juju's girlfriend cleared him, for, <laughs> cleared him for next week's game. Yes. I, I, I'd be very surprised if he didn't miss at least one game. Because that was a bad hit. And he, he had yeah. some of like the... It wasn't quite as bad as Tua, where like he was doing the weird stuff with his fingers because his brain was messed up. It was a little like that. Though. Yeah, he looked a little... He definitely had that little weird concussion pose. Yeah. Concussion position. I don't know what to call it, but it was scary. Who else got lit up pretty bad? Um, it was the same guy. Yeah, I- 
did the same thing. Not, it wasn't quite as flagrant, in my opinion, to MVS not long after. Yeah. And yeah. actually, MVS came back in the game. MVS was kind of spouting off on Twitter later on. It's like, hey, this guy's going after us. He was too. And I, that's like, that's the kind of player you used to say, oh, that's just a hard hit and safety. That's, you know, a good guy defending over the middle. Mm-hmm. Well, now you're not supposed to do any of that. That will get you penalties. Yeah. So I don't understand how that kind of player is still around. Yeah. Maybe he's a rookie or something and it's just kind of learning the ropes. And I, I don't know. I get that's the way football used to be. And if they want to play like that, then, you know, let's play like that. And let the receivers know that if you're going to make the rule, then enforce the rule. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Very done. Um, so another injury that was a bit concerning to me, uh, Wiley, he went out with, a, what was it, like a pectoral type injury? Some kind of arm injury, actually, now that I think about it. I don't it. know. He was there and then he wasn't. Something that kept him out, and we didn't actually see it. Um, and Prince Tega Wanogo, if I'm even remotely close to that, I'll be happy. Uh, came in replacement for him. Mm-hmm. I didn't really notice it too much, so I guess he did pretty good. That's one of the highest compliments you can pay. Mm-hmm. Up with some I did notice you. Yeah. yeah. Um, to my knowledge, not an actual prince. I think that is just his <laughs> first name. Well, we'll see. Don't know. Don't send him money, just in case. Um, but yeah, if he's good, who cares? I mean, our, our right tackle position is not... Not that hard to upgrade right now. Like we're kind of hoping like Lucas Nyang or Darian Kennard will eventually come over and like take it over, or we can draft someone next year or something. But feels like it definitely drafts. I thought okay, this is maybe you heard some of these rumblings. I heard that the Chiefs were looking to trade for a right tackle up to the trade deadline. Oh really? Yeah, I thought that was really weird to try to be swinging a, a trade for a tackle. Yeah, it is surprising. Um... Especially because it didn't feel like we had a gaping hole there with Wiley. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it wouldn't shock me. I feel like Veach is one of those guys that's always kind of poking and prodding, seeing what's going on in the market, so to speak. Right. Yeah, speaking of, that's how we get Kadaris Tony. Exactly. So, overall, pretty positive. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about the game. Um, Before we get into game balls, lane balls, can I yeah. ask you a question? Please do. Uh, is... Is Trevor Lawrence a bust? Is he a bust? Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm glad you asked me this. This is a very question, very important question to decide right now whether or not he's a bust. Uh, I'm going to go with yes. Complete bust. I feel like <laughs> I feel like the talent's there. He's playing the Jaguars, which is always a career killer. But, like, it's kind of one of those things where if you have to ask, the answer's probably yes. And I feel like we've been having to ask for... Couple of years now, mm-hmm. so there were. I know, like he he had Urban Meyer for the first year yeah. slash whoever was after Urban Meyer. Um, so you can kind of throw, just kind of you know garbage up that first year, throw it away. Wait, who was after Urban Meyer? Uh, I don't know whoever the intern was. I thought it was Doug Peterson. Did, did they, 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 they hire Urban Meyer? Uh, did they hire him in the middle of the year? Because Urban Meyer got fired in No, year. yeah, there was... Um, I don't remember who the intern was. <laughs> well, anyway, no, well, Trevor Lawrence has been around for more than one two, year, isn't it? Two years. This well, is his second this, year? This is his second year, yeah. That can't be true. It's true. I'm looking this up. I think it's true. Maybe it's just because he's been around forever. Like, he was playing for Clemson 10 years ago. He didn't... He never overlapped with Doug Marone, did he? 
All right. Well, this is not tremendous podcasting. Um, I will entertain listen, the Listen people. to the sound of me looking up something on Wikipedia. Some anecdotes while you look it up. Um, okay, I actually do have a good point here. Oh my gosh, you're right. Uh, I swear okay. that I swear that guy was like playing playing for Clemson in like 2015. Well, yeah, he was because like he played as a freshman, right? Yeah. And did he win the national championship as a freshman? Yeah. Believe so, yes. I don't know. You're the college football guy, so if you don't know, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I don't know. Maybe uh, this is just like such a, a classic indicator or a classic example to me of. Like where you wind up, like your situation in the NFL, who like what your who your coach is, your quarterback is, the infrastructure of your franchise is like seventy percent of your success in the NFL. Because mm-hmm. like you can drop like the most amazing player in the world into a bad situation, they're probably gonna look bad, and you can drop I don't know Tua into an awesome situation, it's probably gonna look awesome. Yeah, I wish there was some way that like and this is this would be like on the NFLPA. For them to push for a way for a high-profile player to get out of a moribund franchise after like four years, I believe they have come away with that, and it's called free agency. Well, yes, but I mean, <laughs> right now for a fifth, for a first-round pick, you can pick up their fifth-year option. You got them five years, and then you can conceivably tag them for two years if it's like a super superstar player. Yeah, you can keep them for two years. So, like at that point, you're like twenty-eight, twenty-nine, and maybe you have like one big contract left. So like half your career is already spent on you know the fighting garbage team. Yeah, um, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think that we've seen that players have other methods of getting out of off of teams if they really want to. Well, I mean, there's holding out. There's like Kirk Cousins play on the tag, and then I think hit full on free agency. Yeah, holding out is actually much more difficult than it used to be. Yeah. on the new CBA, I don't know the exact like ins and outs of it, but basically. It's almost impossible to actually hold out like players used to mm-hmm. these days. Like the financial penalty is so heavy. I don't know. I'm just I'm really tired of watching what feels like could have been good quarterbacks go to franchises and just their career withers in the vine. Yeah, it seems to be especially prevalent in Jacksonville. And no, I'm not talking about Blake Bortles. I'm talking about mm. like Trevor Lawrence, Jacksonville Jaguars, Lane Gabbard, Blake Bortles. Um, yeah, I mean, like here, David Carr. All, all, like, there's like a lot of. Guys, you might have been really good quarterbacks. They just go to complete garbage franchises. Hey, who knows? It's like Sam Darnold could have been good if he hadn't been uh, on the Jets. I think the uh, the jury's in on uh, yeah, that's true. He went somewhere else, and he was just as much Sam Darnold uh, there. He, he sucks. Was. Yeah, but I, I see what you're saying. It does kind of suck. I don't I don't know what the solution to that is. You know what's always surprised me is on draft night, the guys that go in like the first five, six, seven picks. Mm-hmm. They always look so happy. And I'm like, you should not be happy. You're going to a bad team. Yeah, there's like a, a one in five chance that your team that you got drafted on is going to be better in yeah. a couple of years than they are now. I mean, serious. if you were an agent for a star quarterback coming out of college, would you want him drafted oh. in the top ten? No, it absolutely happens that they try to negotiate. Like, if they know they've got a winner, they'll try to negotiate. So, like, not even negotiate, like, try to influence events such that they end up on a better team. Yeah. Like, there was, like, have you ever, like, read some of the articles behind the scenes about how, like, both sides of Mahomes' camp was trying to get him to Kansas City, and Chiefs were also trying to get him to Kansas City. And they, like, worked together to try to get that to happen. I don't 
know if I've actually read anything definitive about Mahomes camp trying to get him to Kansas City. Oh, definitely. That, I, and, you know, that, that could be could have been a lot of hindsight, but there's just, like, so much information about, like, how they work together, like his agent, his agent's assistant or whatever, and, like, the Veach and Veach's guy. Like, it, it became very clear they, they were trying to, to both sides make that happen. And that was more about the trade, not about trying to necessarily get other teams to pass on him. But, yeah. I don't know. The only time I can think about this like actually happening, where, where a player was just like, no, your team sucks. I'm going to go play for someone else, was uh, Eli and Philip Rivers. Do you, are you aware about that? Oh, yeah. I, I've actually I've heard of that story. Yeah. Uh, it is pretty wild. And Eli I, Manning realized the Chargers were the Chargers and would always be the Chargers. Yeah. And didn't want any part of that. Yeah. That... I, how do you disagree with them? I mean, you won two Super Bowls. Yeah, the Giants. No, if I if I, I had like if I was an agent and I had star quarterback, I would want him going in the bottom of the first round. That's where you get drafted to do the good position. So, did you know that uh, Archie Manning referred to uh, I forget his name now, but the the general manager of the San Diego Chargers as the Lord of No Rings? <laughs> no, I've never heard that. That's hilarious. Still is if he's around. He's not. He's the, I think that's the guy who fired Marty Schottenheimer after going like 15 and 1 or something stupid. That seemed unintelligent. Yep, well, this is where you. This is how the Chargers are the Chargers. Yes. All right, uh, should we hand out some game balls? Yeah, I've got one. If, uh, Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Isaiah Pacheco. Mmm. How come? Because he was good. Yeah, he, was. he ran hard. I felt like there was like he had big chunk runs. He did have that one fumble, though, right? He did have a fumble, but you know. Everyone's allowed one. Yep. No time to time. Everybody gets one. And it wasn't like he's being stupid with the ball. It was just kind of good. Did he ever score a touchdown? I don't believe so. Oh, okay. Well, he owes, he owes us a touchdown for next week. Yep. Um, I, I love seeing, and I know this is kind of like a minor, uh, kind of a minor thing, kind of important. Um, I love seeing them run the ball to run out the clock at the end of the game. Yeah. I felt, it feels like so many times this year we've not been able to do that and we end up punting it away. And most of the time it doesn't matter, but I love being able to close out a game with the run game. Yeah, the super comp- super conservative passing game doesn't work when you're trying to close out a game. No, no, I agree. Um, the, the there are two sides to every game ball. What's On the other side? side of this game ball, I think it's time to pour one out for Clyde. I think I might be done. Oh. Okay, yeah, actually, this was something I wanted to talk about, so let's go ahead and get into yeah. it. I saw, I can't remember what it exactly was, but it was sometime in the week leading up to this game, he posted kind of a cryptic emoji on Twitter, and it was like, this is kind of sad, but it was like the broken heart emoji. And everybody was like, what's going on? What's the matter? Um, so I think clearly he had he got talked to earlier, prior to this game, and somebody was like, hey, basically you're the first string running back now. Yeah. Uh, so it it's sad for him. Um, it's probably the best thing for the team going forward, though. Let's just why, you know, why would you give any snaps to Clyde whenever both Pacheco and McKinnon are better? Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Clyde upside is. Like his thing, his thing was supposed to be a pass catching back. Both those other players are better at it than him. Yeah. Um, now, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to fall into you know kicking the guy while he's down. Um, but I've had this theory for a long time. I think it's actually one hundred percent accurate that. He looked like an awesome running back in college, right? Yes. Now let's think about the fact that he played on an offense that had Joe Burrow, mm-hmm. Jamar Chase, and Justin Jefferson. Right? Yeah. Well, see, I feel like Joe Burrow probably fits into the same 
place Ooh, as uh, Clyde. That is spicy right there. I, I mean, I'm like, I mean, look look at the evidence here. Jamar, Jamar Chase, remember the Bengals hater club, and I'm not even saying something Jamar like that. Chase and Justin Jefferson are both like football gods. Like they're, they're it's, it's insane. They're both on the same team. I, I don't think it's even a hot take to say that they are two of the top five wide receivers in the NFL. Yeah. And they were on the same college team. <laughs> yeah. Together. And you also got to understand, okay, Joe Burrow had a little bit of the Josh Allen thing where he just kind of like came out of nowhere. Like he was, I think, got, yeah, he, he transferred from Ohio State where he was down in the depth chart and was pretty okay at LSU for like one year and then had an amazing year. I feel like the amazing year was probably about the time that Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson became starters. Mm. I like I didn't that. Really, I wasn't really trying to hate on uh, hit on Joe Burrow here, but I mean, like, you've seen the games where, where Jamar Chase isn't in there. Oh, yeah. Joe Burrow's a totally different quarterback. It's like garbage against the Browns. Yeah. In the Halloween game. I mean, that's always the question with, like, LSU and Alabama is, like, well, how, how much of it is individual players? How much of it is the collective strength of having top blue chip five stars everywhere? Yeah. Uh, I think we're starting to see who's driving what in LSU. We just totally see how like football is the ultimate team sport and yeah. who's on your team is extremely important. So anyways, all this is to say, I just don't think we're cutting our, I think what happened is the Chiefs are basically cutting their losses on Clyde. Like, okay, we're finally giving, we're giving up on the idea of him being like a star workhorse type running back. Mm-hmm. Finally, like a season too late, maybe. Um, so best of luck to Clyde. Uh, I hope he pays attention because injuries happen and we'll probably need him at some point this year. Also, um, so don't, don't zone out. Yeah. Let's all say it together. Okay. Don't draft running backs in the first round. Mm. Just don't do it. Gotcha. I couldn't say it together because I didn't know what you were going to say. Well, I thought we were on the same page. Okay. Okay. Can we all say this together? Okay. Draft. Great running backs in the first round. Don't draft okay running backs in the first round. Right? So the only... I mean, if it's Christian McCaffrey... Yeah, but man, how do you know? Saquon Barkley. Okay, Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley. Those are the only two running backs I can think of right now. Derrick Henry. Was he even a first round pick? Uh, I don't know. But he'd be worth one. I don't think he was. He'd be be worth one. Listen to the sound of my typing. Listen to my phone. Here we go. Um, Having the the drafting running backs. But then, like, like Jonathan Taylor and Alvin Kamara are, like, second or third round picks. Yeah. But you you can definitely find those guys with an extreme talent in later rounds. Um, I completely agree on that point. It's just, I I just think if you are going to, I mean, this is true of any position. If you're going to draft somebody in the first round, they better be real good. Henry was a second round pick. Okay. I just, I don't think you get the value, even if it's, I don't know. I mean, look at the Panthers with Christian McCaffrey. They still suck. I'll agree, yes, but when Cam was having good years and they had Christian McCaffrey too, that offense was awesome, wasn't it? Yeah. So I, there's, there's an upside and downside to each one. And, Let's not pretend like first round picks spent on other positions don't also flop all the time. I know. I'm just, I'm mostly, this is mostly about like value. Like there, there is a drop off in value between like quarterbacks in the first round versus yeah. quarterbacks in the third round or receivers probably. Yeah. But with running back, it's just not that, it's not that steep a drop off. 
it's almost like you're more likely to hit in second or third round. Let's phrase it like this. If you spend a first-round pick on a, a solid, good pass rusher in the NFL, mm-hmm. you're like, okay, yeah. that worked out. If you spend a first-round pick on a solid, good running back in the NFL, that did not work out. You got fixed. So there is definitely an element of positional value there. Um, but I, I, I contend that there are still running backs out there that are good enough to drop a first, even a high first round pick on. Um, I'd add like Nick Chubb to that group. He, he's really good as well. Yeah. Let me, let me just say it this way. I would be perfectly happy if the Chiefs never invested higher than a third round pick in a running back and never gave a running back a second contract for the rest of the Patrick Mahomes era. Because that's just not the way this team's built. Um, <coughs> yeah, I would, I would agree with that. And a part of that conversation, though, is that Andy Reid offenses are not reliant on having a dominant running back. Right. Like, with just, like, a guy like Derrick Henry, as much as I love him as a player, just would not fit into this offense, and he would not be utilized the way that he should be. Right. Um, so I, I completely agree with that, with that mentality. Anyway, enough of the collide conversation. Like you said, on the other side, can we talk about our other running backs? Well, you already talked about Pacheco. Uh, sure. Jarek McKinnon. I just, every game that goes by, I like him a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a really good pass blocker. And I know like that doesn't sound like a super important thing, but it, it is. is. It, it is. is very important. Yeah. Equally as important as an offensive blocker on, you know, plays with the group, they're doing that. And I think he gives you a, quite a bit of juice and uh, good plays as well. Mm-hmm. So I really, I really like where we're at right now. It feels like we should have always been here, um, but it seems like based on this game, Pacheco is the first and second down back, and McKinnon is the third down back, and Clyde's backup slash spelling them a little bit. I, I think that's a perfect situation. Yeah, that's where I thought it always should have been. So we are. Yeah, you know what now. Having said that, I'm sure next week we're going to get like 20 carries to Clyde just because Andy Reid running back usage is a complete mystery sometimes. It is. Were you going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, like, when, when Pacheco got drafted, he's like, he said in his introductory press conference, oh, I'm, my plan is to take a grown man's job. He actually said well, that. And we are in week 10 or 11 of the NFL. Mm-hmm. And he, he's done exactly that. I, I guess so. Yes. You want to call it Cole Clyde a grown man? Yeah. Yeah, he's grown. Just didn't, didn't grow that much. much. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I I don't want to hate on Clyde. You know what? I hope he does really well somewhere else. How's that? Yeah. I hope that he brings in some also, Let's just go ahead and throw this out there with all the stuff you see in the NFL. We've never had any issues with Clyde as a part of like personality concern or anything like that. No, he um, seems cool. He's he's appeared to be nothing other than a model teammate. Um, he also seems so to be pretty slow. Definitely not. No, no more Clyde hating. I think I think we can be done with that. Okay. Yes. This this podcast will never say the bad word about Clyde Edwards-Alaire as long as he doesn't start again. Unless he gets more carries yeah. than shit. Yeah. Then we'll be back. And you know what? That's not Clyde's fault. That's that's a good point. <laughs> that's a good point. Um, any other gay balls you want to give out? I have one or two, maybe. Um. Okay, I felt good about this. is This is weird. Um, secondary, defensive mm-hmm. secondary, and maybe I'll give it specifically to Josh Williams because I thought I, I felt like I saw him making a lot of really good plays. 
So, yeah, Josh Williams. Does it feel like we just had a good secondary, specifically within the cornerback room, just coming out of nowhere? Well, I mean... I mean, Trent McDuffie, I get that he's like a first-round pick. Yeah. And I I love what I've seen from him, mm-hmm. or more like what I'm hearing about him, because I don't really know... I can't really analyze quarterback play, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but people that know what they're talking about seem to think he's really good. Yeah. Um, this draft reminds me of, like, I think it was like the 2000, back in the day, like 2005 or six draft, where we got Brandon Flowers and Brandon Carr in the same draft. And they just, like, those were our two corners for a long time. Really good. Uh, we, like, that felt like Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson to me. Even though we already had the starter in, um, Jerry Sneed, who we got also really late in the draft. So, Trent McDuffie is the only significant investment in our defensive backfield, depending on how you feel about, like, Juan Thornhill. Um, I guess Justin Reed is a free agent, but, like, in terms of corner group, yeah, we've only drafted one guy higher than, like, <clears throat> the sixth or fifth round, which is kind of crazy considering how well they're playing. Yeah. That's what I was going to say. The, the, the quality of play that we're getting out of the position compared to how much we've invested in it is incredible. I know people were banging the drum for years about how, why doesn't Brett Beach ever spend draft picks on quarterbacks? And I don't know. It feels like he knows what he's doing. It seems like he got good value out of well, places where we don't expect it. And we're not even talking about Charvarius Ward, mm-hmm. who got paid like an all-pro by the 49ers, who we got, man, who? I think he was undrafted. I think, I th- we, I think he was like an undrafted for Cut from the Cowboys or something? Yeah. We got him for basically peanuts. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. It's all good there. I'm very excited about it. Um, Let me ask you a question since you brought him up. Justin Reed. Yeah. Uh, How do you you feel about him through the midway point of the season here? He's not been like a revelation. You know? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I don't think he necessarily has played like what you would expect a headlining defensive acquisition to play. It's so tricky because there's not that many plays where I'm like, "Oh, he screwed up there." Yeah, there's been a few. I think um, there's there's a couple times where he like I see someone just whiff on tackle. Like, oh, who was that? It was just me. Yeah, I, I'd say like his open field tackling is not quite what you would like to be at for yeah. he being kind of the full safety there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like we we haven't given up like a tremendous amount of like big explosive plays through the passing game this year. Passing game, no. Uh, running game, running yeah, game, yes. Like, especially like some of those Derrick Henry runs, which means Derrick Henry is going to happen. Yeah, I mean he does that to everybody. Uh, but um, no, <laughs> and especially as a safety, I think there's a lot that goes on there that you don't see. It is a little bit like we we're talking about the offensive linemen, where like if you don't notice them, that means they're probably doing a good job. Well, and compared to how much we were thinking about the safety play last year, that's true. It's a it's a marked improvement. Oh wow! I just remember Dan Sorensen. <laughs> <laughs> that just brought back and and some Honey Badger memories. Not the best Honey Badger year last yeah. year. Did not end well. Yeah. Speaking of which, our guy Honey Badger. Um, I'm a big fan of Honey Badger. I he's like not. him. I still like yeah. him. Uh, there are some people that, and I, I get it. He was kind of making his business decisions. Oh, in his day, him. he was his time he was here. Fantastic chief. Uh, but I always look fondly on him. But that being said, I think the Saints have pretty heavy buyers force 
on uh, Honey Badger. I don't think he's working there very yeah, well. Yeah, all the nostalgia about him coming back to New Orleans uh, didn't make up for the fact that he's like, what, 31? Yeah. Something? yeah. Well, he, he's older, and I feel like in Spag's system and the way we utilize him was perfect for mm-hmm. who he is as a player. I don't think he's getting that insane in uh, New Orleans. Yeah. So that's just another thing where, like, when it happened, when we let him go, I was like, I don't know about this. But it definitely looked like the right decision. I just can't help but think, I mean, as fans, we're all tired of Dan Sorkin's crap. Yeah. Except for that fake punt in the Super Bowl where he tackled Justin Reed. Yeah. Not Super Bowl. Weird. NFC uh, Championship game, whatever. Small, small league. Yeah. Um, but you, you have to think, even if he's a nice guy, even if they're both nice guys, Tyron Matthew is probably tired of playing with Dan Sorensen. Yeah. And then he got to New Orleans. You <laughs> should walk through the door with Dan freaking Sorensen. Dan freaking Sorensen. Yeah. And don't you know there's just a part of him that kind of died when that happened? It's like, <sighs> a little bit. A little bit. Let's with this guy again. Yeah. Don't you know he's like in there telling like the most corny Mormon dad jokes of all time? I don't know. He's one of those guys he never showed much personality, which I don't even like say it's a bad thing or like that he didn't have any personality, just a little more reserved guy, you know? Yeah. That's fine. I don't know. Maybe he's cool. Sometimes he did like shave his head like flea from Red Hot Cover. It's true. That's, did that that's pretty cool then. Um I think, I think that's enough Dan Swartz to talk for Southern uh, the Jags game. This is a tangential podcast. Alright, I want to give one <coughs> to the offensive line. I thought uh, Mahomes had a decent number of plays where like, he held on to the ball long enough to where he would need to scramble, although I feel like that's just part of his game. Um, but there were also a lot of plays where he had plenty of time back there and was able to slice and dice from inside the pocket. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I thought we ran the ball really well. Um, I have the Pacheco stats pulled up here. Stats. If you will give me just a moment. Chiefs. Isaiah Pacheco, 16 carries, 82 yards, averaging 5.1 yards per carry. Considering, especially there's no, like, you know, big explosive runs really out of that to, you know, slant it a bit, that's a a very good performance from our offensive line. Especially at the end of the game where they knew we were going to be running it. It is. So, I, I know we've played, like, a couple of, like, really, really good defensive lines in a row here. It felt like our offensive line was kind of under fire a bit, but I, I really think, I still think they're really good, and I think he saw that on Sunday against an okay defensive line. I thought that um, for them to run actually played pretty well. You know, I didn't notice him at all. We did so, not notice him. Yeah. I thought there were weeks recently I have been noticing him. So yeah. As long as the Jags don't have anybody on their defensive line, oh, they, they got the other Josh Allen. Other Josh Allen. Yeah. That's the that's only one I knew. All right. Any other game balls you want to hand out? I uh, know. I mean, it was a good, solid team effort. I think I'm done talking about the Jags game. All right. Can I get about one more, just super quick? It's my guy, Patrick Mahomes. He's getting a game ball. Uh, he had an excellent game through four touchdown passes. I uh, had one pick that was weird, but kind of unimportant. It was kind of in garbage time. Mm-hmm. And he just he played great. He feels like he's kind of integrated runs into his game on a more consistent basis. 
not like smash mouth runs, but basically just kind of, you know, the thing that Alex Smith used to do where like he could just tell, like, I can run for this first down right now. I'm oh, just yeah. going to do that. Yeah. It was one of the best parts of this game. It's kind of what Mahomes does where like he can, there are plays where he's like, I can run for this first down. I'm just going to do that. I think that might be a result of him seeing more man this year. I think so. Cause that, that'll really clear up when large portions of the field. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to see him integrate that. I don't want to see him taking big shots, obviously, but I think Mahomes, you know, shown that he he can avoid those big shots. Mm-hmm. And if we can see that a little bit more on a consistent basis, then hey, why not? Yeah, free money, absolutely. All right, that's it for the Jags. Good game. We advance to eight and two, or no, seven two, right? Seven and two. Seven and two. Getting ahead of myself. Yeah. Uh, do we want to now turn and talk about next week's game? Yeah, we're on to San Diego. On San Diego. Yep. Uh, so, little stats update. The Chargers, they just lost last night to, uh, well, we're recording this on Monday night. Uh, they were, they lost Sunday night to the 49ers, mm-hmm. as I predicted. Um, there's a fairly close game, um, but Chargers, they lost. They're five and four. And I, if I had to describe this upcoming game against them, I would say it is a slam the door in their face game. Yeah. As in, if we beat the Chargers here, the door is slammed, boom, shut, right in their face. You are not winning the division this year. Yeah. You know, as we've been going along and the Chiefs have kind of been climbing back up the rankings, I've been kind of surprised to just like look back and see, oh, the, the Chargers are like one game behind us. So if we screw mm-hmm. up. Or something. You know, we had the tiebreaker against them because we beat them, but they had a, a lot of games early on where they looked real bad but still won. Yeah, and I think that's why they do not look like a good team this year. No, um, they don't look like a team that should be above five hundred. Justin Herbert is not really a good quarterback this year. No, uh, I will qualify that with he may have broken some ribs against us. Yeah, that's true. Also, all of his wide receivers keep getting injured. Well, so, yeah, but like. When you when you dance with Keenan Allen, that's what happens. Oh no, I I completely know. It's like I, every year the Chargers do this, and it's yeah. like, well, if you keep doing this, at a certain point, it's your fault. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like it's like the most heavily caveated greatest team in the NFL. Where it's like, well, if we didn't have all these injuries, and if we had competent coaching decisions, and if uh, didn't have this super weird turnover luck. Mm-hmm. then we'd be really good. It's like, mm-hmm. yes, but you're the Chargers, so you have all of those things all the time. Yeah. It feels like they're just permanently the, like, what-if team, you know? Yeah. Or, you know, could have done this if only this had happened. Mm-hmm. You know, what if this player didn't get hurt? What if this special team thing didn't screw up? Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's always Chargers hype heading into the offseason every year. Mm-hmm. It's a tradition unlike any other. Um <laughs> But this year it felt like, especially the fever pitch, it was part of the overall AFC West conference of cha- or, uh, division of champions um, yeah. hype. Uh, but I think everyone was – okay, I will say, everyone kind of cooled on Brandon Staley last year because mm-hmm. they sucked down the road. Yeah, another take that Jonathan was spot on last yeah. year. Yeah. Um, called him out on this crap. I feel like this year everyone was very ready to elevate Justin Herbert into the Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, uh, strata of quarterback play. Yeah. And man, he is not there. He's probably not a top 10 quarterback right now. Ah, uh, I don't know if I would go quite that far. 
again, just going back to our, our uh, discussion about, you know, situation and who you're around and where you are. If you dropped him into, like, Miami's offense, I think he looks like an all-star right now. Well, it's funny you should mention that. Um, because I do kind of keep coming back to a certain... Tua was drafted right before. Just yeah. Remember. Yeah. Um, so my, I, I don't think the Chargers issues are Herbert. Oh, that's fair. I think it's basically everything else are their issues. I also don't think he's like the type that's going to elevate everyone around him to the point where you can win like, like that. Very few people can, yeah. uh, but I would agree. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't think, I'm not blaming Herbert for this season really. No. Uh, I do think people were a little premature in putting him in up in that you know stratosphere of quarterbacks. I would agree with that. But yeah, the the Chargers all the typical like all of their players are injured. Um, the special teams are suspect. Um, they've actually won a lot of close games this year. It seems like they normally lose have, those. Have they had the kicking demons? They've gone through a lot of kickers yeah. via injury and like bad play. Yeah. Um, I think the one they've got right now has been good for them, but. Yeah, we, we will see. And also, Brandon Staley, he, it's so strange. He was kind of the golden boy of uh, analytics Twitter for a long time mm-hmm. because of all of his going forward on fourth down. And he hasn't really been that guy this year. No, I think uh, I think the, the, the qualitative aspects of going forward on fourth down started to catch up with his strictly quantitative approach. Mm, interesting. Yeah. If only someone could have predicted this and foreseen it. Yeah. That was me. That was me last year. I just well, was reminded. a smart guy. Made all these yeah. prognostications. Hey, the podcasts are out there. Go listen to them, people. They're on the feed. Go listen to my frauds. Can you actually get on the podcast? Yeah, you can listen to them. I did the other day to listen to my take about the Cardinals from last year when they were 7-0. I was 100% right about them being frauds. Yep. Um, so, yeah, in summation, I'm correct about everything. Sure. Uh, there's still not Joey Bosa, right? Is he injured? I think so. I don't know. I don't know what his stats will be for the game. I do think Keenan Allen, who's been out for a very long time for the injury that he had, I think he will be back for the game. Okay. I'm not Mike sure Williams? about Mike Williams. Okay. Uh, Derwin James. I think he's he's playing, isn't he? Yeah, he's the one player in the league I think who can actually give Travis Kelsey some problems. Yeah. I think that's a fair point. So that that makes our offense interesting. Yeah, you saw last year when we had that game against them where we run that we had that crazy drive in overtime to win it uh, towards the end of last year. It was when Durbin James went down. That's when Travis Kelsey uh, just absolutely went off. Mm-hmm. So I think you're correct in that. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think we played this game with uh with maybe the Titans. Where like before the Titans game, we said, well, what would need to happen? for the Chiefs to lose this game. I think you have to have Keenan Allen come back in a big way, and it like really shows that Josh that the problem was Herbert didn't have his uh didn't have his receivers. I think it's Derwin James somehow really taking Kelsey out of most of the game. Just like beat him up or covered him really really strong. And Juju not playing. Because right now, if the offense can't flow through Kelsey, it's going through Juju. And that's that's a really effective one two punch in terms of moving the sticks. So they've almost got a little bit of a similar style of game. Yeah, they do in a way. But if Juju's not playing, it's a little dicier. Yeah. Um, to answer your question, I don't know if I really view that as one of those games where it's like the Chargers need a lot of things to go right for them to win. 
I actually think this is going to be a very tough game for us, a very mm-hmm. close game for us. It's a divisional game. Those always seem to be a bit closer than they should be. Mm-hmm. Um, it's against the Chargers, uh, a team that they they don't like have our number or anything, but it feels like they generally play us close more yeah. than most other division rivals. Um, and I think their team is really beat, really designed to beat the Chiefs. Uh, no, especially true. the way that Herbert plays seems to be a weakness of our cornerbacks. Those like kind of 50-50 go balls to wide receivers outside the numbers. Mm-hmm. So I think it could be tricky. I think they're they're I great. Think it'll be close. They're honestly. great. Back shoulder, mm-hmm. um, underthrown defender runs through the receiver, and they just have big receivers to throw to. Yeah. And he throws those. You throw those balls to them on tight windows all the time. That's kind of how their offense works. If I don't think Michael Williams is even a question to play, like or, as in like he won't play like, at all. Yeah, I think he's just out. Out. I think yeah. But if he was playing, I'd be a little more nervous with this game. I would be too. Although Keenan Allen, he's he's absolutely killed us in the past too. So. That's true. Yeah, I I think it'll be close. It's definitely not one to sleep on. It's definitely not a gimme game. Um, and it's, it's definitely like a cornered animal game where like the Chargers, like I said, they know like if they lose this game, it's almost certainly over for them. Yeah. I mean, it's mathematically possible, but and they might still make the playoffs. Yeah. It, it's, that's definitely possible. But as far as winning the division, if, if they don't win this, it's, it's done for them. Yeah. Um, so I think we're going to get absolutely everything that the Chargers have and we're going to have to come out and give our A game to win this game, which, I don't think we've really seen our A game since like the Niners. Uh, yeah, Maybe I'm just looking at this in terms of like point output, but like we didn't have the A game against the Titans, didn't have it against the Raiders, didn't have it against the Jaguars. Really, I mean, maybe, but didn't really show up. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Uh, I think the guys would be up for this game though. The only team that's guaranteed to get our A game from here out is the Bengals. Hmm. We're gonna be. I am so so up for the Bengals game. I know this game is more important in terms of like division and playoff seeding and all that. And I know the build game was probably more important. Yeah. But as far as like personal like games I want to win, I want yeah. to destroy the Bengals. That game is more important for vibes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Very important vibes game. All right. Um, oh, one more thing about the Chargers. Uh, their defense has been good. Actually, let me restart. Their defense has not been good. Mm-hmm. Their main issue is the run game. They have been terrible against the run. I think the worst in the league. It's gotten a little bit better the last week or two. Um, but I think this is a game where we're going to need to pound the rock with Pacheco. Yeah. And I think that could work. That sounds like Pacheco's music. I would love to see Andy Reid commit to it when it's working. Feels like we have a couple of good runs and then one goes poorly and then it's like, bah! Never mind. It's <laughs> a terrible moms. idea. Yeah. Why never, we do never should come here. Um, I'd like to see him commit to it a little bit. Obviously, you don't want to take the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands too much, but I just, I really think this is a game where a more balanced approach would be better. I don't want to see what we saw against the Titans where it becomes way too one dimensional. Yeah. Completely agree. On the flip side, the Chargers offense is one of the most annoying ones to watch in the NFL right now. Their offense is basically one yard gain on first down, one yard gain on second down, and then third and long and hope that Herbert can bail them out. That's their offense. And it's worked for them in some weeks. Um, but I think we just, 
If we're just good on for, on third down in this game, we will win. Because the Chargers get into third and long all of the time. Mm-hmm. I really don't like their offensive coordinator, and I don't think he fits Herbert at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so you'll see, like, they'll get into a lot of third downs and, like, eight-plus yards. And Herbert gets them out of the, those situations a lot because he is good. Um, but, yeah, don't don't give up a ton of third-down conversions, and I think we'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Any other thoughts on the game? No. Um, I think it's a good game. I expect the Chiefs to win. And, honestly, there's not too many teams in the league right now. I don't expect the Chiefs to have a better than a 50-50 shot. It's just kind of that. That's the way we are right now. I don't think there's any team in the league right now that we should that should be anything more than like a coin flip. Even yeah. the Bills. I felt like the Bills was a coin flip. Yeah, and you know they flipped against us that time, but we were right there at the end. Yeah, yeah. Can we just really quickly check in on my Josh Allen take from the start of the year? Oh well, uh, I think I'm ready to transition to some NFL talk. It's got to be quick. I think we're going over, but I mean, it's not like there's any. Hard cap at like one hour or anything, unless the people have time to do. I don't know. They can just pause it. I'm you can pause it, come back. You're hungry. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Right. Podcast on empty stomach. I can't. Um, just, I'm fed off with spite. Who's, who's spite's feeding you this week? Well, do we want to go there? Sure. Aaron Rodgers. He won a game off of pure spite. Nothing else. 100% non decaf. Not sugar free spite. Just hated Mike McCarthy. He just, yeah, he just won a game because of pure hatred. It's kind of like Sauron in a way. Yep. Fueled by hatred. Yeah. Um, but also, if you recall, Andrew, I said there was something about the Cowboys I just don't quite trust. And they come in and they play the moribund Packers, and I think there were, there was some weird things that happened in this game, so I'm not going to like trash the Cowboys, but I, I think, I don't think they're as good as people think they are. Shocker. Do you think this means that maybe the Packers are on the way up? No. Yeah. Let me tell you why. I did not get to watch this game. That's kind of the theme of this season. <laughs> I get to watch this, but I have some strong takes about it. But I have heard there were some turnovers, um, some questionable ref calls, and just kind of some general flukiness that happened that allowed the Packers to win. Um, so I'm not shocked that Aaron Rodgers was able to have like one great game. Although really, if you look at what actually happened, he only had like 20 completions in this game. It was mostly the run game. Uh, they finally committed to the run game with Aaron Jones and it worked out really well for him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I don't know. They could be okay down the stretch here, but I think it's just too little too late. Like, I mean, they're just, they're not going to win that division. No, um, because. And they're, their competition for the wild card spot is a team like the Niners. Yeah. So I just I think it's too little too late, even if they win a lot of games here at the end. Do you think the Cowboys are cooked? Oh, no, no, no. The Cowboys aren't cooked. Um this kind of worked both ways where there was some flukiness. So I'm not gonna trash the Cowboys and say they're like frauds or anything. I just I don't put them in that like upper echelon of like Chiefs, Bills, Eagles. Yeah. Um Vikings. Vikings. You kind of got to put the Vikings up there now. You know, this was another one where I kind of said, like, everyone thought the Vikings were frauds. And I was like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know I like, I love calling people frauds, but you you brought up an interesting point the other day about comparing the Vikings to the Bengals. Would you like to tell the listeners about that? 
I've kind of forgotten it. So if you remember it, then you should go ahead and tell. <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess Andrew slept since then. Um, you were basically saying, are the, are the Vikings a bit fraudulent in the sense that, um, oh, Joe yeah. Burrow to Jamar Chase is similar, uh, as Kirk Cousins to Justin Jefferson. Whereas, like, this is their win button. If that win button doesn't work, they have nothing else to go to. Yeah. <coughs> I mean, they still got Adam Thielen. They just straight up TJ Hawkinson. So maybe they got something going on. And Dalvin Cook. Uh, Dalvin Cook's not that much better than Joe Mixon. Uh, yeah, that, that comparison kind of works to me. Um, it feels like a team that's benefiting from maybe a little bit of uh, deep ball luck and just some otherworldly talent at wide receiver. Yeah. I know next to nothing about their defense. Um, that that like last minute of the game against the Bills is the only Vikings football I've watched this year. I think. Well, that was one of the most. But yeah, if you had to choose a minute, that was amazing. Yeah. Uh, so my take on the Vikings are, I like I said earlier, I don't think they're like frauds. I don't think the they won all these one score games, and people quote that stat to like use against them. Mm. I think that's a good thing. If you if you're a team that's shown it can win close games. How in the world is that a bad thing? I, I don't understand that. All the regression people coming out for them. Uh, I think they're a good team. I think they're a solid team. Uh, their coach, Kevin O'Connell, I have heard that he was like the right-hand man and kind of like a close confidant of Sean McVay. And that the Rams like really miss him this year. Um, so I think that matches up with what we're seeing on the field. So I, I don't know. I think they're good. I think they're solid. Um, I think you know I'm not as high on the Eagles as everyone else is. I don't think that a team like the Vikings is that far behind a team like the Eagles, honestly. Yeah. So I think they're up there. I think they'll compete for it. And honestly, it's going to come down to whether or not, you know, their game's at noon or at Sunday night in the playoffs. That's really what it's going to come Cousins down to. Kirk Cousins turns to at 325. Yeah. They call him the noon nightmare. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. On the other side. Mm-hmm. Do you want to fire off some takes about Josh Allen? Because this is this is your chance to this season. Well, I just always kind of felt like his his success did not make sense to me. And I'm like, I've covered this exact take on the podcast. And it didn't make sense to anyone. Everyone's just like, well, I guess we were completely wrong. He, he just learned how to play quarterback super well at the NFL level. And that just didn't make a ton of sense. I mean, I think he's still extremely talented. I don't think he's super cerebral. I think that sometimes when you, you see him get a little bit panicked and starts to just chuck it. Um, uh, maybe that's just him playing hero ball. I don't know. But, I mean, like he didn't need to play hero ball on that game uh, losing interception in overtime. He was just trying to force it to his guy. So, I don't know. I, I think you're starting to see a little bit of the vintage Josh Allen come back where he's not quite so crisp. Mm-hmm. You know, we had we had the conversation earlier this year after the Bills game of who's the better quarterback, basically, Josh Allen or Patrick Mahomes. And I said that I thought it was very, very close. And that the reason I'd give it to Mahomes is Josh Allen still has those kind of doidway plays, those, those button mash plays where he didn't quite have to do. I was like, I'm going to do this, and then it's a pick. Um, and we haven't seen that in a long time. It's been like a year since we've seen that. Um, but yeah, it has kind of popped up a little bit in the last, past weeks. Um, I wonder what happened. What changed? Is it, maybe it's the way the defenses are playing him? I don't, I think it's just one of those mental things. I don't think there's really any reason to it. 
I think maybe they just got like a little too, a little too loose on his fundamentals. Maybe uh, you see Mahomes do this sometimes too, where he just goes a little too goes to the hero ball a little bit too quickly. Yeah, but that's Mahomes. It's usually it's usually a function of circumstance, where it's like he needs to play hair on fire, or the Chiefs are going to lose. Yeah, sometimes. Which I mean, that's kind of his. That's a bit of progression for him too, because that's kind of where he came from, at Texas Tech. Yeah. I would say that yes, I I do think Josh Allen's just a little bit Mahomes, under Mahomes, um, with that being one of the main reasons why. But let's also remember, you know, Mahomes ended that game against the Bills with a pretty nasty pick, so mm-hmm. it happens. Basically, is what I'm gonna say. But it happens more often to Josh Allen. A little bit, a little yeah. more, yeah. So I think the Bills are gonna be fine, honestly. Uh, I just. Sometimes you play good teams and you lose. It just kind of happens. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, there's a lot of other football happened. Any, any thoughts on any of the other games? Um, you know, I think I'm going to, on the other side, I, I'm going to ask myself if the Dolphins are good all the way up until they either lose or win Super Bowl. I feel like they've kind of inherited the Vikings throne of like, are they actually good? Because, yeah, you just look at, you look at two uh, plus first year coach. This is not the results you would expect. No. Um, Counterpoint. Yeah. Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Okay. Yes. Let me ask this, though. Please do. Is there not a team in the NFL more perfectly suited to be stymied by the too-high-shell defense? That feels like that's the way you should play them. Because that's what they're doing now is explosive plays over the top. Mm -hmm. Two is just throwing bombs. Mm -hmm. Why is that not happening? You know, and that, and we know it shuts down Tyree Kill because it did. Yeah. Okay, it didn't shut him down, but it changed his game. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. Um, I think there's just a, there's like a delay, a lag in the NFL between like super hot offenses and defenses adjusting to them. Mm-hmm. You see it with even like the very best defense offenses like the Chiefs, where eventually they do kind of start to make a, some adjustments and you gotta change things in, in turn. I think when we get to the back end of the season, teams will figure out how to handle it just a little bit better. It's kind of one of those things where, like, you're never going to completely figure it out because these are just crazy good athletes and they're super fast. Um, but yeah, I think that too high shell works. Although I will say, um, their coach, uh, what's his name? Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel. He comes from the Shanahan tree and the Shanahan tree is all about getting guys the ball in space and letting them get yak mm-hmm. or depth for catch. So you don't necessarily have to have the deep ball for that. And they generate a lot of explosive plays off of, you know, yak. Mm -hmm. So it's not quite as easy as, oh, just put a shell on it. You were right about, obviously, about him coming from the Shanahan tree. I think I sense a little bit of Shanahan chicanery going on with with Tua. Mm -hmm. Because, like, that, that was kind of their thing is taking mediocre quarterbacks and getting really good results. Like Garoppolo and Jared Goff both in the Super Bowl. Yeah. And later it was revealed that neither of them are actually that good. I feel like that's what's happened with Tua. He's benefiting from some next level scheming. But the schemes will last for so long. Yeah, that's a good yeah. point. Um, there's a couple of teams this year with like really good teams with young quarterbacks that I feel like when they get to the playoffs, I feel like they're just going to get sniped. Mm-hmm. Kind of feel like that might happen to the Eagles. I feel more confident about that happening to a team like 
the Dolphins, or the Jets. Somebody like that. Oh, Jets, definitely. Yeah. I, Jet, Jets are going to make the playoffs, man. Prepare I yourself. just, I cannot comprehend the Jets winning a playoff game. That hasn't happened since, like, Rex Ryan, Mark Sanchez. Well, the playoff, if the Patriots sneak in there, maybe they'll get to play them. Maybe. Yeah. That's I want to get a take out there. I think the Jets and the Patriots are about to play maybe this week, maybe next, in the next week. I just want to get this out there now. I think the Jets are going to destroy the Patriots the next time they play. This is the year for it. I wanted to text you earlier when the Bills played the Jets that I thought the Jets would win, and I didn't because I thought of Zach Wilson, and I cowered out. <laughs> but I should have, and i very upset with myself that I didn't do that. So I'm going to say it now. Jets are going to destroy the Patriots. That's a much less hot take for sure. It is, yeah. But that's all I got. It is. Yeah. All right. So let's go rapid fire here. Uh, Seahawks, they lost the Bucks. Nah, nothing that happens and in Germany should actually count. Are the Bucks back? No. No. Why? No. Uh, well, one, Germany game. Mm. It's true. Never trust Germany games. If it doesn't happen in North America, it's not real football. Yeah, same thing with London games. Um, no, I do not believe the books are back. Um, Justin Fields, is he actually good? He's fast. That That is the correct answer. He is fast. I want to get a take out there about Justin Fields. He is a great runner of the football. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's a very good passer. And we, we've seen time and time again in the NFL that really good runners, they can be good for a while, Eventually, teams play them where you have to pass the ball, and they come up short. I think he's a poor man, Lamar. Poor man's Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I I completely agree. Um, he may not be that poor, Lamar Jackson. Though honestly, I mean, his running ability is pretty crazy. Yeah. But eventually, you play quarterback in the NFL, you got to throw the ball, and I think he might he might be worse than Lamar Jackson throwing the ball. Yeah. I really think he stinks at it. Um. Titans beat the Broncos. That's fun. Broncos suck. Real bad. That sucks. Real I, bad. I, I would put good money on the fact that uh, that head coach is not going to make it to the season. They got up 10-0 to on the Titans and then proceeded to score precisely zero points. And everyone's going to say, well, why would you fire the coach that you just hired earlier in the season? Well, the owners of the Broncos did not hire. That's a very good point. Whatever his name yeah. is. I'm almost never in favor of doing that, but this feels like one of those situations where like it's gone so poorly. I, I yeah, I think he's completely in over his head. You know who they can't fire? Russell Wilson. <laughs> 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 the cap hit. The cap hit from cutting Russell Wilson would be like it's your a, entire cap. It's a ride all the way to the bank for Where's one for check? one year. Your team would be not Russell Wilson. Yeah. Gosh, the Broncos are. Ugh. They might, honestly, I'm not not totally joking here. They might be in the worst position of any franchise in the NFL right now. They might be. Because, I mean, mean, the Texans got rid of Easterby, so they're making good decisions now. The commander is going to get sold. Mm. They might be in the best position relative to where they are now for any game. It is morning in D.C. Very relative, but yes. Um, The Raiders, well, yeah, they're actually, that might be worse. (laughs) They also have terrible coaching quarterback, but their owner is still kind of dip one. Damn it, yeah. Or the Colts. The Colts are. I mean, the Colts won. 
But they've got the crazy, crazy drunk uncle running the franchise. And uh, well, we'll get to that in a second. ESPN analyst, this coach. Let me ask you this. Um, is Russ, is he going to get better or is this just who he is now? Does he just like flat out stink like, from now on? Or oh, I tell you what, um, is he eventually going to get out of this funk? It, it will depend on something. Hey, here's, here's what I actually think it will be. For one, I think he's probably a little hurt right now. You do? Yeah. Like, he, he got hurt a couple weeks ago. I don't think he's actually really fully healthy. Okay. I, I think that was more of one of those, I'm playing real bad. I need a reason for it right now. But maybe. Go ahead. Um, I think there'll be, like, one of two things happen here. Either... Russ Wilson will allow a team to put a structure in place around him that will maximize his strengths and, like, be coached and let someone else, like, run the franchise. That happens, we can see good Russell Wilson again. I actually think that's what Pete Carroll was doing in Seattle. I really like the guy Gino now. Yeah. I don't think that's what's going to happen. I think what's going to happen is Russ Wilson is going to continue to insist on running the show, thinking he's basically Tom Brady. And he will play to what he thinks his strengths are or should be, and it will be a disaster. He doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that reacts to information that's contrary to what he wants to be true. Yeah. Um, It feels like he's completely oblivious to how much people don't like him. <laughs> and I mean, I think we all have people in our life that are like that. He does seem just like a bit detached from reality. Yeah. And sometimes you got to live a little in the reality distortion field to, to actually accomplish great things. I think that's like his mindset. He's like, you know, Mr. Unlimited and all that, where he's just like, I, I can do anything. But sometimes it also leads you to be a kind of wow. a, a massive douche. You can get, you can do that <laughs> stuff. You can be Tom Brady when you play like Tom Brady. And be so extra. But yeah. when you're not, it doesn't work. And that's what we're seeing right now. Uh, so Broncos suck. Uh, the Giants won again. They just keep winning. I don't know what's going on in New York right now. I think Brian Dable, mm-hmm. he's an offensive coordinator for the Bills. He made Josh Allen awesome. Mm-hmm. I think he's just a really good coach. I think he's maximizing their talent and they keep winning close games. I don't think that will continue throughout, you know, going forward um, because there are kind of a talent deficient team, mm-hmm. but I think he's a good coach. I'll say this. Um, if, and, and I, I say this not at all wishing to speak it into existence because I'm a proud Saquon Barkley fantasy owner. If he goes down, I think they're back to being the Giants. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Uh, that would be bad for them. Don't want that. Yes. Uh, the Saints lost again. The Saints just made me so sad. I thought they would be good this year. The Saints are like, they're like Nebraska or like, Nebraska is a great example. It's like, they had a period of time where they were just a walking dog. And it is never going to be like that for them again. And mm-hmm. they, I don't think they, I think New England's actually in the same boat, especially once Belichick retires. And like that, I'm sure the team and the fan base have not internalized that yet, but it's completely true. There's never going to be another Saints team like the, the Sean Payton, Drew Brees here. Um, it feels to me similar to the Rams in that 
the whole building seems to be filled with people that know they won't be there in another year or two. And so they just went crazy this offseason with spending and draft picks and stuff. And I, I don't know. It, there's a lot of what ifs with this team as well. You know, what if Jameis didn't break his spine four different times? Um, what if Michael Thomas decided to keep playing football? Um, a lot of what ifs. Their offensive line is in shambles. Um, I think the thing that is more surprising to me than anything is I think last year this was one of the best, if not the best, defenses. They have not been that this year. They were predicated on tremendous safety play, mm-hmm. and their safeties this year, one of whom is Tyron Matthew, not been very good. What happened to the safeties? Uh, there was a weird thing where they more or less, not like let them go, but they traded one of their safeties for like very little. Um, it was it was really surprising. I actually I can't remember the guy's name right now. I think he went to the Eagles. Hmm. Um, but yeah, they just kind of let him go and thought they'd be fine without him, and that's not really not been the case. And also, a little, I'm, I'm just from the outside looking in, thinking you know Dennis Allen is their coach. He was their defensive coordinator. He was previously an NFL head coach and did very bad. Who was he coach for? The Raiders. Ah, that's funny. Yeah. Now he's coached again, not going so well. Yeah. There are some people who are better suited to coach one side of the ball. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, is, like, like, think about like Vic Fangio. The, the NFL is filled with head coaches that should be coordinators. Yeah. That's, a, that's true. Is, it's true. Very true. Yeah. Um, the Colts beat the Raiders. That's funny. Yeah, that's actually really, really funny. Yeah. I mean, it's a completely non consequential game, but it's funny. I mean, I would have thought. <laughs> That if you remove coaching from the equation, the Raiders have a more talented roster than the Colts. Oh no! Wait, that's actually that's a little bit of a crazy statement. Derek Carr is a better quarterback. Oh, Derek Carr is a way better quarterback than Matt Ryan right now, or Sam Ellinger, whoever. Um, I don't know. I guess Josh Jacobs and Jonathan Taylor. Jonathan Taylor's probably better. No, the the Raiders, their defense. I know everyone's. Like kind of focuses on the offense. Yeah. Uh, their defense is, I think, the worst in the NFL by several different metrics. And it's been that way for a very long time. They cut another first-round pick this week. Yay! Wow. Another week, another first-round pick that the Raiders are letting go of. They could have just like lit three drafts on fire and nothing would have been different than it is now. Think about that. They had five first-round draft picks <laughs> over two years, and I don't think... I think maybe one of them's on the team still, but was like a healthy scratch. Like the only good player to come to, oh, Josh Jacobs, the Raiders yeah. in like the last three years has been like Max Crosby and Darren Waller. Kind of. Darren Waller has not been very good for like a year. And I'm not. Did they even draft him? Was he undrafted? I don't remember actually. Um, but yeah, the the Raiders they're just a complete mess. I think Josh McDaniels just kind of sucks as a coach. Oh yeah. So good for us. That's why this is actually the the most the most like. Satisfying revenge game of the week because oh, that's the right. Colts tried to hire Josh McDaniels. Mm. He pulled a douche move and went back to the Patriots. Like, yeah, I don't know if he'd actually signed the agreement or what, but I think he's just like, yeah, I'm not going to come coach you. Take me to court if you want. That is crazy. So then the Colts beat him. With Jeff Saturday, who I'm sure is a nice guy, but who has no business being an NFL coach. Now he used to be an offensive lineman, right? Yes. What if Jim Irsay was like, okay, I don't care about the rest of the season. I just want to beat the Raiders. I need to hire one guy that's going to make us good enough to beat the Raiders. 
So it's like, I'm going to hire this guy that used to be offensive lineman to get our offensive line going. I think they were actually good. Yeah. I don't know. I think this He's is like the kind of guy that do something. Do you remember like, like one year, I think it was either an Eric Fisher score or like we had Dontari Poe pass to like Darius or Demetrius Harris against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. It was an important game, but we beat them. Embarrassed them. Stupid trick play. It is, it is like, it's the most glorious kind of comeback where it's like, I didn't just beat you, I beat you with someone stupid. It was embarrassing it's, how you lost. There's a technical, there's a technical definition for that. What was that? It's a clamming. Yeah. They got clammed. Yeah. So I, I feel like that's kind of what the Colts did to the Raiders. Yeah. The, Raiders the Colts, the Colts clammed the Raiders. I uh, it was a fairly close game. Calling into question the entire importance of the head coaching position. <laughs> uh, the, this was a weird game that I didn't follow, but apparently the Cardinals and the Rams played both having backup quarterbacks. Yeah. So that's weird. Hey, here's a, here's a fun fact for you. The year is 2022, and Sunday featured a game featuring uh, both Colt McCoy and Chase Daniel. Oh, that's weird. It's, the, it's like the 2007 Heisman race all over again. <laughs> yeah. That, that is I, wonder, I, know, I wonder if Sam Bradford is somewhere sitting around me like, what the heck is happening? <laughs> uh, the Rams, they're, they're booty cheeks. They're real bad. Yeah. Not like, oh, maybe we'll figure it out. And now Cooper Cup's hurt a bit, and he's going to miss some time. They are cooked as cooked can be. Didn't they just sign Cooper Cup to also got a massive agreement, too? I don't know. I think, he, I think he got his big wide receiver deal. Yeah, like earlier this year? Yeah. Yeah. I think whenever the receiver market reset, he got his. Yeah. I mean, he's tremendous, and but that's the problem. Their offense is basically him. So, yeah. Uh, you you could not have been more right about the drunk, the, um, Coleman's are drunks there. That's appropriate. Los Angeles drunks. Los Angeles drunks. Uh, <laughs> the Rams, the Rams being just completely in over still. And yeah, I just feel like they just kind of, I, I said it before, that whole building just feels like everybody knows, like, this is the end of the gravy chain. We're all about to hop off here because things are about to get real bad for the Rams. Yeah. Like, they have no draft picks. They have no cap space. Um, they're blue chip players. They're all getting older. They're not gonna. Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, kind of entering the you know twilights of their careers. No, okay, no, not Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey's not that old. Ramsey had mm, he's had some rough games this year. Aaron Donald's older. Aaron Donald's like ready to ride off in the sunset. And Jalen, he's a cornerback. Though. They fall off hard. That's true. I mean, once the speed goes, you're kind of toast. Yeah. So I I think the Rams are in like a bad bad way. I think Sean McVay is going to be out of there sooner rather than later. Not that he'll be fired. I just think he's jumping ship, and it'll be to like the media for a year maybe or to another coaching yeah. spot. Yeah, both both McVay and Aaron Donald have kind of vibes of I don't need this. Yeah, you know? like if things start going bad, it's like well I'm going to go do something else with my millions and millions of dollars. In notoriety. Let me put it this way. I don't think there's anyone in that building that's going to stick around to gut out like a, I don't know, eight and nine season. Cooper Cup. Yeah. Money. He's, it's kind of good to me that they won a Super Bowl <coughs> early in his career because I feel like if they didn't, he would be like Larry Fitzgerald where it's like, oh, he was clearly the best player on his team for years when they were guarded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cooper Cup's incredible. I, I still like him. Yeah. I like Stafford too, uh, but he's been rough this year. So yeah, the Rams, they suck. Cardinals, they won, but they still suck too. 
Uh, we're going to cover the Packers Cowboys game. What's our game tonight? Um, Commanders versus Eagles. I'm in a hilarious situation where I need Taylor Heineke to get like 25 points for me to win my game, and I have no idea if it's going to work or not. But well, I'm going to enjoy it. I've got no particular animus against the Eagles, but the, the chaos lover in me would, would really appreciate the Commanders beating the Eagles and just blowing everything up in the NFC. Yeah, I would definitely love that as well, more for the sense that I'm a fan of Taylor Heineke ever since he was back at quarterback for the St. Louis Battlehawks. Yeah. So I would love to see that. Um, I don't really expect it, though. I think the Eagles are just way, way better than them. Like it, it, in a much sadder sense, the Commanders need to accept that Taylor Heineke is the quarterback the, the way that the Niners need to accept Jimmy Garoppolo as the quarterback. Mm-hmm. It's like, I know you tried to do other things, but this is what the universe wants, so it's going to happen. Well, for the Commanders, they know... This season is done for. Their ownership is probably out the door now, which is, I mean, that's their Super Bowl right there. That would make me want to play so much harder. Yes. Um, so this season doesn't matter. Next season looks brighter regardless of how it goes. So if you want a quarterback to make games fun and interesting to watch, that's Taylor Heineke. Sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's real bad. But it's going to be interesting. Little, little you know shades, of, shades of Fitzmagic here. You know who's not fun to watch? Carson Wentz. He's chaotic in a sad way. Taylor Heineke's chaotic in a fun way. Okay, I, I think, like, maybe Carson Wentz is, like, the, the picture of Dorian Gray to Josh Allen. Ooh, that's a deep cut. Yeah, because, like, as as Josh Allen gets better and better, somewhere there's a Carson Wentz whose career is just rotting away. <laughs> I mean, that, that honestly, man, that's interesting. Because their careers just kind of are, are almost perfect mirror images. Where it's like Josh, it's like Carson Wentz forgot how to play quarterback in NFL level. Hmm. Have we ever seen Carson Wentz and Josh Allen in the room at the same time? Oh, they look nothing alike, but they're both like people wondering quarterbacks from Mountain West nowhere, uh, <laughs> who were just big bruisers and like the second coming of Ben Roethlisberger. And yeah, maybe maybe there's some kind of voodoo going on in Josh Allen. who's like giving me the strength of Carson Wentz. Appreciate Josh Allen's energy. <laughs> all right, that got weird. Yeah, I think that's a that's a good way to end it. Um, that's all the games we have to cover. Um, any final thoughts about the league at large before we uh, sign off? Um, okay, real quick question. Mm-hmm. Normally, over the course of a season, defenses start to kind of figure out things a little bit. I think points start to fall off as the season goes on. You get more like the you know the run game, more attrition. It's colder. Yeah. yeah. Do you think it's going to happen this year? Or do you think the offenses are going to start to kind of figure out how to counter this this defense? Because I mean, that's the the trend this year is defenses are, are hitting point. back. I wonder uh, if that's going to continue into the rest of the year. Yeah, I kind of agree because there's there are so many offenses that just cannot get things figured out, and scoring's been down across the league. So yeah, I, I think it could be more kind of even in the back half. Um, I think we've seen this year more than in a year in a long time, that teams that can run the ball consistently are doing well. And teams that can't are not. Just uh, not exactly I think, a... I think that's going to continue. That's usually the case. It just feels... Uh, it feels uh, magnified this year. It felt like we... The last two or three years, NFL offense has absolutely pushed to the limit the idea that you can pass the ball without having a run game mm-hmm. as a threat. 
and it feels like they found that limit. Chiefs found it, the Bills found it, all these other teams this year that are having a rough time found it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's just that's kind of the beauty of the NFL. It's it's always give and take. It's always adjustment adjustments. Um, there's no you know golden goose that's going to forever give you success in the NFL. You always have to change. Yep. Yep. That's all I got. Go Chiefs. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.